0: welcome to the potential for what podcast on this podcast we explore how a range of business leaders unlock the potential in people we'll hear how they've done it find out what has worked what hasn't and why this is so important in getting and keeping great people most businesses focus on the here and now that is all about performance but at let's talk talent we like to think differently as we fundamentally believe everyone has potential the question is for what so let's explore that together I'm your host, Joe Taylor, Managing Director of Let's Talk Talent, a talent management and organisational development consultancy based in London, the UK. I have a request. If you value this show, if you enjoy these stories, or find this wisdom or inspiration useful, please subscribe to the Potential for What podcast to listen to future episodes. So, hi, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Talent's podcast. As you know, we're focusing on everything about potential. So what is potential and potential for what? And I'm really excited because we're joined by Simon. She is the founder and private chef of the Hampstead Kitchen. So Simon, welcome to the Let's Talk Talent podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for inviting me, Jane. Awesome. So I'm gonna kind of um, dive in really quickly um, and ask you the age old question.
1: How do you define potential? Um, Organically, authentically. So basically, um, before I even started this business, I was very heavily involved in food banks, and food banks a bit more uh, widely known now, and so I would just be watching people, people watchers, so if I see an act of kindness or a smile, and that's how I've actually hired my team. So that is something that you either have or you don't. It can't be taught how to deal with people, how to manage a stressful situation. And I remember most of my staff have come out of an alcoholic unit for one of the homeless shelters I'm working in. So much compassion and empathy for others despite them being in the situation. I just I, I remember you're not supposed to give out your number. But I remember saying, that if you ever get yourself off the street, if you ever need a job, let me know. And at that point, I was in my banking career, but I knew people who needed good manual workers. And then those people tend to know, it's like that pay it forward um, model. They tend to know people. I have never to this day used an agency. It's always like, okay, we need three or four extra people. Do you know somebody similar who would really enjoy working with our, uh, with our team? And then they, they know lots of people. So that seems to work. And, of course, in order to attract sort of in terms of what potential is, you also got to be those things that you're looking for as well. My team have had a bad day. They enjoy They know that when they come and work for me, they're going to feel really zenned out. So I think in order for me, potential means being that potential And mirroring that so that you attract, like attracts like. How does someone spot potential in you? Um, You have to be slightly quirky. God, if I'm going back to my old bosses now, I mean, you have a CV, you have a name, you've got a proven track record, but ultimately you bring something else to the table, right? So it is your personality, it is your character. You've got to let that naturally shine through and not just be a robot. So I think that takes a little bit of courage. I'm quite courageous in being quite quirky and you know, controversial. That gets you noticed. But in an industry like finance, you need that kind of character. I've been running programs and pretty much my business is like running a program, right? But it happens in one day. You have a start, middle, you execute something, you deliver something, and then it's ended and then the client tells you whether. they The measurable benefit is if they're happy. It's the same skill set. You know, as I said, I'm still in touch with my bosses and they still say that I'm still memorable (laughs) that they haven't forgotten me. So I'm not sure what that is, but it's just just being
0: yourself, I guess. So when you've taken that into your sort of your entrepreneurial um, life and, you know, setting up the hamster kitchen, what when you think about the factors that bring out the best in people that kind of drive high performance, but also, you know, you spot the superstars. What do you think those factors are? Is it environment? Is it care? Is it leadership? What are those factors that enable you to create that um, environment ultimately for potential to to reach its its fullest?
1: I think first is respect and understanding. So if you, you have, we have staff from all walks of life and the basic foundation is respect. I treat others as a, uh, in the same way I want to be respected and I make them feel like I can't do my business without you guys, you're on the front line. So I can make them this gorgeous food, but if the service isn't good, it's not efficient and it's not personable, people aren't going to enjoy the end product. So I make sure that they know that. So already they feel like they have the responsibility. They are the business too. They're not working and just delivering something, that they have quite a big responsibility. So I think the respect, the trust, and that this is our business is something that I think works for me. I don't see that in other similar businesses that are like mine. It's very transactional. I pay you this daily rate and whatever. So then people don't really have... That kind of passion, excitement to come and work for you, and equally, people have bad days, and then we can talk about stuff. Then I think people are bring their real self to the table when you bring your real self to the table, right? That you're not having this kind of divide between boss and employee. That's what I think.
0: I think I think you're right. I think that what you're talking about is bringing the human. Yeah. And I read something recently across the sort of inclusivity sort of ED&I agenda where people say we're moving away from kind of protected characteristics and putting people into boxes much more into the space of people wanting to belong and that's what I think you're talking about when you engender trust um, and you encourage people to be themselves you're asking them to belong to something that's got a higher purpose.
1: Yeah but you're also being brutally honest I mean right now everybody's feeling the pressure whether you're a boss or an employee we've all got different economical there's political pressure there's also mental physical pressure and there has to be a a bit of empathy a bit of trust and that's quite important but in order for someone to belong in the team they've got to be themselves and you've got to recognize which people are quieter which people are extroverted and make sure that they do certain roles like there's a lady who's mega mega quiet she won't be perfect she'll be very out of her comfort zone if she's client facing but she's meticulous in the kitchen so you have to spot and sort of kind of fit them in into your organization where they all kind of work together really well not everybody can have the we're not looking for the same kind of personality, yes. you know. Um, I just um, hosted a beautiful party for my, um, one of my closest, closest friends that I've known for 22 years. But I had to be a guest, but my staff was serving the drinks. And the amount of people who came to compliment my staff, I'm like, you guys go to so many parties, like, what is it? Because it's just detail were just like on it all the time they weren't lazy they were there to just look up we felt looked after we felt like we were a kid it wasn't just someone serving drinks and what is it it's because my staff are relaxed they can just be themselves they're not they're not performing a role and I think then people kind of warm to that you know they can see that so how
0: did you learn that I mean, because that's something you started off. We started off this chat saying, actually, you can't learn a lot of these things. It's kind of innate in you. You can't can't teach someone to care. Ultimately, they either do or they don't. So how did you learn in your career to this point with running your own business around how to unlock those elements and allow people to be themselves?
1: I think there's two things. I think exposure to different working cultures and true diversity. You know, now it's become quite fashionable with certain political movements and tick in the box kind of thing. Right. But actually, if I look at myself, I'm a daughter of immigrant parents. I could have stayed in my silo culture, but actually I had parents, more my father saying assimilate and actually find people outside of your religion, uh, race, gender, all sorts. Because that's where you, your mind broadens. And when your mind broadens to different ways of thinking, um, both Eastern, Western philosophies, that actually then translates. One thing I realize is that also living and working abroad in Asia and New York and also in other sort of Northern Europe, every working culture has a very different way. And some of it is great and some of it is rubbish. And then you have got to see what naturally feels in line for you you know, you can't dictate the working culture for somebody you work for, but when you're creating a business, it kind of, I didn't sit there and think, how's the culture of my business going to be? It naturally gravitated towards that way because you don't really think about how you are. But I did a 360 last year with my team. And so like, what is it? Why do you enjoy working with me? Why is it that when I can, if I have something last minute, you'll run to me. One, we pay, we pay very well um, because then people come to work happier, and it means that they're not going to just, uh, they're dependable. I've had staff from, the, from day dot, which is, you know, staff retention and hospitality is very hard. And the pandemic sort of um, proved that. People people panicked, they got rid of their staff. And then when they needed them, they said, well, not interested, right? How do I know that I have it? You can just, when your clients compliment you, you'll intrinsically feel very good about what you're producing and giving out then you realize that something that you're doing is working and just carry on doing it that way and
0: who's kind of influenced you during your career because I know that for me there's been bosses yeah. but there's also been friends yeah so I know that if I need a talking to in terms of you know pulling my big girl pants on and have to have a courageous conversation I'll ring my friend nadia who yeah. is a Gc of a, of a of a you know a footsie and she'll tell me just to get on with it when I need somebody that's perhaps going to give me a bit more empathy I might go to my mother for example yeah,
1: yeah.
0: who is those role models for you that kind of exudes the sort of leadership qualities that you are you know exhibiting in your business?
1: I am the biggest mentor that I speak to on a quarterly basis is Warren Buffett because I used to work for him. And he's somebody that I would give for more structured advice. So, in terms of expanding my business. And obviously, we've recently made a change in our business where we've made it more small and unique because we're finding that that's what we enjoy, that there's a higher percentage of revenue coming from smaller events. And it's something that I enjoy. If I have one or two people who just know my personality very well, they know my backstory, some friends just listen. Sometimes you just need to voice it out. And I think sometimes when you're on your own kind of managing your business, you need, because I don't have a co-founder, so sometimes it could be something little. So I wouldn't go to someone like Warren for something as little as that. But you just need to be heard. And the answers are always within you. There's no, you've got, I've got amazing friends and they would just say, you know what, breathe, what you're thinking is right. I often think that everybody knows the answers within. They just need to be heard and listened to. And then their friend or their business partner just say, I hear you, I see you. The ones who are good will let you come out with the answer yourself.
0: And I think you're right, because I'm very much driven by my guts when it comes yeah. to a decision. And sometimes I need that sounding board. And I think that comes from, you know, when we think about the factors of potential, there's that that drive. You've certainly got drive. So the drive to <clears throat> to, to make a difference is really tangible in what in what you're talking about. But you've also got the curiosity from the experiences that you've had, your background, the people that you employ. And they, when you look at, you know, CEOs of uh, footsie businesses, drive and curiosity, the two major factors.
1: Absolutely. Post-pandemic, it was a lot of survival. And then I came across somebody who was a more of a holistic business coach. And I wasn't really a fan of these kind of business coaches that just tell you what you need to be doing. I kind of wanted to figure out, like, when you work for somebody you have timelines and deadlines and I have timelines and deadlines for my clients but the time when you have to yourself the kind of things that elevate your business or refine your business that have no time constraints around it I was struggling to be productive right and so I've had a business coach for five months it's been excruciating because he could, like, how, it, how does this make you feel and what's your value and, I'm, and I was like waiting for this magic answer but in the end all the answers came within me he, he was just able to just put a mirror up and saying well you're passionate about this you want to do this what's stopping you from doing this so I said I've got to take my stabilizers off and see if I can be productive and it's been a huge challenge but then I listen to a lot of podcasts where I hear all these amazing billionaires and CEOs who struggle with productivity and recognizing their own potential. They're great for their staff, but it's like to touch base with yourself and realize okay, this is how my business is going, but could I refine my potential?
0: I totally agree. And I, I've definitely used it over the last sort of seven years. And I've probably had two or three different coaches, yeah. the biggest gift that someone can give you. And I think that's where great leaders show their potential is time. Time.
1: Time is the most precious thing we have.
0: hundred percent. And I think if we can give people our time, the answers and how you unlock someone's potential is within them. It's not for you. Performance can be taught. You can teach someone to turn up on time, to deliver something in the right way. But potential is, I think, is innate. Um, And therefore it takes a special leader a lot of the time to, to understand where you can support and where that person has to do it themselves.
1: When you have life coaches or business coaches and you speak to your friends, you just need time to sit if you're just too busy doing, 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 doing. If you just need that time, whether it's an hour and a half to let all of it come out and then make sense of what's going on and be very clear about what your potential is. So that's really interesting. You're seeing, okay, with well, business has done well. What potential can I get? But what potential can the business get? Is there more that we can be doing? So that's a really exciting time now.
0: You've touched on a really important point and it's kind of one of the third factors of potential that we talk about at, LTT, which is insight. I'm very gut driven, so I yeah. don't necessarily need to have a huge amount of data. But now, as the business, as my business has grown and your business has grown, I feel like I'm reading the market more. I, I use this phrase quite a lot recently, which is slow down to speed up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Which is what I've been doing for the last six months. And you feel fearful that you're slowing down, but 100 in order to you've got in order to get two steps forward, you need to take one step back. 100%. The other thing I will say is that there's no going back really, to be honest. A lot of people want to go back to how things were. Things never go back, they keep moving forward. And I think what's the beauty of your business and my business is this, that we can can contract it, we can expand it. But I also think that what's really, really interesting is that people have realized how resilient they are and that's also potential. So if I could cope with all of that, in the most horrible time in our lives that's made you realize that when push comes when your back is to the wall you actually can still do
0: so much that comes back to the the balance between purpose and passion right if you have a purpose then you'll the passion drives you to go faster and push yourself harder if you don't have the passion and you only have purpose then it just becomes you know one-dimensional so i think it's it's super super interesting So you talked about, you know, you listen to a lot of podcasts. What's some of your favourite things to listen to that, you know, if our listeners wanted to kind of take inspiration from some of your inspiration, what are the things that you would say inspire you?
1: I think Diary of a CEO from Stephen Bartlett, because he's a young guy, but the the diversity of people he has on his um, podcast is amazing. And he asks some very hard-hitting questions. There's a nice mix of men and women and young and old. So I think he's the only one out there right now who's got the tone of the CEO. And these people are so honest. They don't just talk about how successful their business are. And you can relate to it, all the kind of ups and downs. Lewis Howes is another guy I like. It's um, very real and it's very humble. It's not like um, entrepreneur, um, entrepreneur magazine. They're old school, before even podcasts were created, they, this guy used to write a really interesting articles and he actually interviewed me in my probably, I think fourth or fifth year, um, because he heard my story and thought it was really ridiculous and actually thought it wasn't true. And then he knows Bill Gates and actually said, checked the story and was really fascinated. Those kind of people I find very inspiring. There's so many new people now, but I think guests dictate the quality of the podcast. Another person I listen to is Esther Perel. She is a psychologist. I would say she's a neuroscientist. It's not. It's not just business, business, business. It's also about how to read people. And she's somebody that I really, really enjoy listening to because she tells you about Not just relationships in terms of your personal relationships, but that also about your business relationships. And I think it's really made me listen to how I speak and how I'm received. I don't really have that much time. I tend to read the news in the morning and then put on a podcast on Monday or Tuesday. And then I just scribble down um, one or two themes. So my thing is I can be the most laziest person on this planet. And so I am trying to, when I have nothing to do. So I remember Warren said to me that when we have less money and less time, we become more resourceful. But the more money and time we have, we tend to waste it. And that's definitely true of my uh, self. So I wanted to become productive even when there wasn't much going on in my day. So today, I mean, I've done two gym sessions. I went boxing and yoga for me to leave my house. And that's my business coach, like, because I had this thing, oh, I can't do it because I've got this podcast at 11. So now I've stopped making excuses because I was like, I was trying to, I'm I'm so tired from the weekend before. So it's like, but I have this potential to, I've got the potential of the whole day. So why am I not doing it? And so they're doing it now makes me really, really happy. I love
0: it. So finally, yeah. if our listeners wanted to find you, yeah. where
1: can they find you? We are on Instagram as Hampstead Kitchen, but K-I-T-C-H-N without the E at the end. On our bio, we have a link, tree, that takes us to a couple of articles that have been written, um, but also our webpage as well tells a bit about our story. You can also type in Saima Khan, The Times, or Saima Khan Financial Times. It gives you some background as to how we started our business. I mean, I've done a fair few podcasts now, but yeah, they tend to be very undiplomatic and very (laughs) honest.
0: Brilliant well i've thoroughly enjoyed the last half an hour um, chatting to you right. um, i count you as a friend as well as um someone yes. who has actually hosted several parties now. several <laughs> parties for me as part of ltt yeah um, so i look forward to not only working with you um yeah. going forward but also seeing how your journey flourishes and, and where you take your business likewise likewise thank you welcome thank you Thanks for listening to the Potential for What podcast. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to our new episode all the way to the end. And for that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. As always, you can head over to letstalktalent.co.uk forward slash podcasts to check out all the links and resources in the show notes and to sign up to our email list.